Hi, this is Maurizio from Invictus, Cataclysm, and Exdeo. Name them all. You're listening to CMS. All the best. Chris Aiken presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and it is not every day that I get to talk to legends, at least legends in my own world, the world of thrash metal, but this guy, definitely one of them. He's he's part of the big eight, as I like to call it. I don't like to do the whole this big four and that big four. I call it just the big eight. Uh, he's been doing it for 40 years, been doing it as, as well as anybody. His band Sodom has a new newish release, kind of new, depending on how you look at it, called 40 Years at War, The Greatest Hell of Sodom. And here to talk all about it is the main man himself, Mr. Tom Angel Ripper. Tom, how are you, man? I'm fine. How are you? Nice to I'm, talk to you. Yeah, it's great to talk to you again as well, man. And, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm hating this as much as I'm assuming you're hating this. We're just getting old, man. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm getting... Yeah, I'm getting 60 years old next year. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I can remember listening to Sodom when I was like in high school, man. I, you know, it's 82, 83 when I, was, when I was a kid and I was transitioning from Motley Crue to Metallica. You know, then I discovered all those other bands. Then I discovered you guys and Tankard and Creator yeah. and Megadeth. You know, they all came flooding out of the woodworks, man. It yeah. seems hard to believe it, the hardest thing for me to believe is that every one of those bands that established the genre, you guys are all still here. You know, that's 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 an amazing statement all by itself where so many bands don't stick around. 40 yeah. years later, here you are, man. Yeah, but I can tell you, Lord, I think this is just a result of hardworking men, you know. Mm -hmm. but, for, but the 40 years went so fast, you know, and... Um, I don't know what is the secret behind, you know. I think Sodom was a band who never really changed, you know. We always did the same music, you know. We tried to get better from from album to album, you know. Um, Sodom is a band never get dictated by record companies doing this or doing that, you know. When you're looking back to the 90s or 2000s, the people talking about a thrash metal revival, bands are coming back, you know. We never mind. We always been there in the scene, you know, doing the same heavy music, you know, right. and that is, I think, that's the secret behind, you know. Certainly. Well, for for you, Tom, what is it that keeps you motivated, not only to keep doing Sodom? I mean, obviously, it's your it's your job, it's your livelihood, but what is it that keeps you so motivated to keep putting out? this style of metal i mean you know as well as i do and i don't want to name bands but we can all name them the the bands of this era have tried to adapt to 
the you know to the sound of the time and you guys have always stayed true to thrash metal what is it that has kept you going all these years you know i'm I'm, I'm a big thrash metal fan too, you know. You know mm-hmm. that is, a, I think that is a big difference from Solemn to all the other bands. You know, we are just metal fans making music for a while. You know, when I look in my band, you know, my guitarist York, he's the biggest, biggest metal fan I know, the biggest metal collector. He's a big archive collecting everything. You know, Tony is a big metal fan. You know, Frank is is coming from a metal scene. You know, we had, we we like this, we love this music. You know, and uh, I was inspired. You know. By Venom and all the heaviest bands in the beginning, you know, when I think when Welcome to Hell came out in the, from Venom, the first record in 81, you know, I said, that is my music, you know. Right. Uh, we also listen to punk music, you know, the heavier, the, the better, in my opinion, you know. And, you know, that is not just a job, you know. You mm-hmm. cannot make so much money with it. I can make my live from the music, you know. But, you know, I like to being up on stage, you know, performing and, 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 and doing the music, you know. Um, yes, that's keep me, that keeps me alive, you know, and also the fans, you know, I get so much response from the fans, you know, and, and keep on doing, uh, doing this, doing that, you know, um, the latest album, Genesis 19 was very successful, we get so much reviews, uh, that keeps me alive, you know, that pushed me up, you know. Sure. Is the band now, 2022, are you guys bigger now than, than maybe in the, in the heyday? Just because it's 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 accepted a little bit more to be heavy. Yeah, I think heavy metal get more commercial, you know. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, we we, we just want to shock the people, you know. Sure. Um, we, we we don't want to. We never think about getting um, uh, successful, you know. That people love the music, you know. I think the metal scene is getting more commercial, you know. And heavy metal is accepted, you know. If you go to see TV shows or you see to read any newspapers, you can see. A, read about metal bands all the time, you know. All the bands are touring around and and um, I think, in my opinion, it's getting out of control because hundreds of bands coming up every month, you know, straight to the scene, you know, and uh, I don't know. Um, I, I think we were really successful in, in when Agent Orange came out in 89. Right. That was, Thrash Metal was spreading up, you know. That gave me the chance to make my lift from the music. I stopped my working in a coal mine, you know. That was the best decision in my life to stop working in a coal mine and um, concentrate more doing the music, being together with a band in a studio or on tour, whatever, you know. Uh, but um, we always been successful, you know. I don't want to get the biggest band in the world, you know. I think other bands like, I don't want to talk about other band names, you know. Yeah. They're getting bigger and bigger. They're doing bigger shows on a live set, you know. We don't, you know. I'm so satisfied how it is, you know. And, right. um, we, we get so many offers for shows, you know, and, and uh, you know, I hate, you know, I hate touring, you know, I, I, I love being on stage, you know, but uh, touring around all this time, it's, um, I lose a lot of time, you know, I remember mm-hmm. back next, last month we played a Mexico Metal Fest, you know, and we played one show and been around for nine, eight, eight or nine days, you know, right? because we had, we had a promo day, we had a tra- two travel days and all this stuff, you know, um, Yes, that is not so nice, you know, but being on stage, you know, it's, it's, that, that's my life or the biggest right. part of my life, you know. Sure, definitely yeah. is. Well, Tom, let's, let's look back at 1982 a little bit just because, 
you know what what I remember about 1982, and I and I was a young kid then, and and you were a young kid then, really. You know, I mean, we were both younger, but I, you know, being a 14, 15 year old kid, whatever I was in in 82, it was such a hairband. It was even before it was called hairbands. You know, it was like Y and T and Motley Crue and Rats, and you know, these were the bands that were coming up here in the states. Yeah. You know, the the Slayers and the Metallicas of the world and you they know, obviously later. you guys yeah. but but I mean even even you guys, you know, you were doing it, but it was very underground. It was it was far too heavy for most people to comprehend. Oh yes. You know, yes. so what kind of expectations did you have as a musician going did you have any or was it just this is what we're doing, we're doing it for fun, or did you want to tour the world or where were you at in 1982 when you first started doing this? We, we, we never think about going on tour. Or we, we never could imagine that this band is still alive after 40 years, you know. Because, um, you know, that was in 82, that was for me like a revolution against my parents, my teachers, my trainers, you know, establishment, you know. We just want to be with the band, you know. That was a three-piece band with Frank um, aggressor on the guitars, you know, witch hunt on the drums, you know, mm -hmm. just want to have a good time, you know, heavy metal was really something special or, or this, this music, which we called witching metal in the beginning, that was right. really something stupid for many fans, you know, but the metal scene, you know, I remember when I been at school, you know, and um, I was the only one with a motorhead patch on my on my jacket, you know. Right. I was a desperado, you know. In these times, especially 82, 83, you know, um, completely different music was popular. What we called in Germany Deutsche Welle, mm -hmm. German wave music, okay. you know. Yeah. It's a little bit punk and, and uh, new wave bands coming up, you know. My best friend in school, he listened to Adam and the Ants. Okay. <laughs> I told him, well, nice. what, what is it, you know? And I was a big Venom fan, you know? Sure. We were always something special, you know? We had a small club in, in my hometown where just metal fans went in, you know, and, and enjoying life, enjoying the music, you know? That was really something special. Nobody was talking about getting uh, commercial, you know? It's like Metallica nowadays. You can see Metallica all the time when you're looking to TV shows, whatever, you sure. know? This was really something special, you know, but we never e expect that we get um, famous or that we get make money with his music or get. Right. But but the thing is, in '84 we got the first record deal with SPV Steam Era Records. You mm -hmm. know, from that time everything changed. You know, we signed a big contract. You know, and then we went to studio and recording the stuff. You know, it was really crazy. You know, but you cannot compare it to nowadays. You know. It's a completely different time, you know. We were sure. desperados, you know. That were, we were something special. We are, we were metalheads, you know. Right, definitely were. What was the importance of a band like Motorhead? Were they, were they like the big? I, I know, obviously, Venom was was certainly big from the metal side, but mm. Motorhead was always that band. And from everybody I've ever talked to, they weren't really metal. But they were metal enough to make a lot of you guys want to make that kind of music. Is that how it was for you guys? Yes. I think I bought the first um, Mordet record in, I was 79, I bought the Bomber, Bomber okay. album, you know. And um, before, you know, 78 or 77, nobody knows about Mordet because there was no magazines out, you know, sure. internet, you know. And um, 
then I got this album and later came Ace of Spades, you know, it was, that was crazy, you know. And from that time, Mordet was very successful. You could, you, you could see them in the TV shows, you know. Um, you could read about Mordet in commercial music magazines. In Germany, it was called Bravo. Okay. You know, or Pop Rocky, that was a magazine, you know, sure. where, where, some, where you could see about Mordet, read something about Mordet, you know. Mm-hmm. That was really something brand new. You, that's not the dirtiest band in the world, you know. Right. And um, I always was inspired by, by by power trio bands, you know, with just one bass guitar. Sure. That was so fantastic, you know. I couldn't believe that one man with a bass guitar making a noise like this, you know, <laughs> replacing a second guitarist in a band, you know. Sure. Motorhead was the beginning, you know. And I, I listened to ACDC, Judas Priest, all the stuff before, you know. Mm-hmm. I bought my first hard rock or metal album was Rainbow Rising, you know. Okay, sure. It was no metal, you know, just hard, but I, I loved this band, you know, and Deep Purple and all the stuff, you know, and, but my oldest sister, she listened to T-Rex and Slade and all the glam rock bands, you know. Right. And she had a posters on the wall, you know, that was, and I was really inspired by this because I loved the uh, distortion guitar sound, you know, but, you know, but, but with the first Venom record, everything's changed, you know. Sure. I decided I want to do the same music like Venom, maybe harder, maybe faster than Metallica and all the stuff. You know, um, that was a, that was a the spark to the powder keg. That was the beginning, in my opinion. Sure. Did did you guys look to the states? I mean, what? Because you know, it, it, when you look at the timeline, and, and again, I I don't remember all this myself, but you know, I I've kind of more read about it. The timeline between Slayer and Metallica you know, the big two here at the beginning yeah. versus you guys, Tanker, Destruction, and Creator, y'all formed in the same year, you know, in, in 82. What, what, was the, what was the inspiration or the influence to, was it building a scene there in Germany or were you guys looking across and seeing that Slayer and Metallica were getting some, some run making the same kind of music so you you know, aspired to do that. I, I think, I think bands like Slayer, we, we started at the same time and without knowing from each other, you know, right. We got no, we got no metal magazines or we got no information about some bands, you know? Okay. I was somebody who was collecting tapes in this time. So it was a big tape trading scene. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got the first Slayer demo, um, I bought it in 83 or beginning of 83, something like that. Well, Slayer, what is this? We, you know, it was so fantastic that different, and at the same time, different bands growing up in, in all the places in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, I think in my opinion, there is a, a I think the German bands didn't have, had another style like the American bands, you know. Right. It was, it was completely different, you know. But when, when, when Slayer came out, we still been in the business, you know. And... Um, it was it was fantastic, you know. But you get no got no information in these times, you know. We didn't know how many bands came from US America, you know. Mm-hmm. We got more information from bands coming from UK, you know. Sure. You know, so I was a big tank uh, Raven a Venom fan, you know, all, and all the punk bands coming from um but, uh, from UK, you know. But we get no information about the um the um the American bands, you know. But I remember when I bought the first Metallica album, you know. That was amazing, you know. That sure. was the first real thrash because 
we 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 never talk about thrash metal in these times, you know. That was a world we didn't know, you know. Mm -hmm. And thrash metal came in, come with came with the first Metallica record, uh, Kill 'Em All, you know. That was fantastic. And from that time, you know, I get a record store in my hometown, you know, who get import um, albums from America and from UK. I was always the first one who get my hands on Slayer or on, on this all these bands, you know. Now, Tom, you know, it's no secret that you guys, you know, everybody talks about the German Big Four. They talk about Creator Tanker, Destruction, and um, Sodom, of course. And, 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 you know, like I just mentioned, you all formed at the same time. Were you guys in the same, like, local scene, or, or were you scattered, um, you know, around the country and just happened to have the same passion to make this kind of music or how did that and were you competitive were you guys competitive with each other or, or not no no i think we were good friends with creator you know okay uh we 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 live in the same district you know and we know the creator or the, that was tormentor in the beginning you know we're good friends of mine you know we all set parties together you know but Sodom was the first one to get a record deal you know mm -hmm. and what a lot of fans don't know that miller Want to play? Want to join with Sodom? You know, we, oh, we had wow. a rehearsing session. We were looking for a new guitarist when Grey Faleto left the band, and, we, and and asked Miller for coming joining the band. You know, and we did some jam sessions. You know, but he decided to f do an own band. You know, with with a different style of Sodom. You know, but we were big friends all the time. You know, and our first show we played with Sodom was in in '84 in Frankfurt with Tankard and Destruction. You know. That was the first time I met these guys, you know. And from that sure. time, we've been in contact by writing letters, you know, phone calling to Schmier was a good friend of mine, you know. Sure. That was a good scene, you know. And um, but there was never problems between, you know. Okay. They do their music, we do this music, you know. We got the first record contract. That's true. Um, but creator, you know, they get they get a contract one year later, you know. That's what's not mm -hmm. a problem. But we still. Being in the scene, we still um, good, are good friends nowadays, you know. Sure. And when you when you talk about the big four, you know, I think nowadays creators getting bigger, you know, mm -hmm. than destruction and Sodom, you know. And that's true, you know. But you know, I think Miller he invested so much money and so much time in creator, you know, making bigger shows, you know, and that's I I, I really I'm I'm really be proud of him, you know. Sure, definitely. Well, and he certainly created some great music, as have you. Well, um, well, Tom, let's let's dig into this new release here because I don't want to just talk only about history. You know, we got a pro we got a product to sell, so let's let's do some selling of the product here. I love this concept that you did for forty years at war. 
not so much because you re-recorded the songs, although I do love that to have to have a lot of these songs with the updated sound and the just the ferocity that you guys bring. But I love the fact that you didn't just pick the common easy songs. You know, yes. you, basically this is an album Every band in the world says this to me. Every band's like, this is for the fans. This is for the fans. And then it's not. That This is for the fans. If you're yeah. a fan of Sodom, you're going to be so thrilled when you see this track listing because there's so many you know, deep cuts and rare tracks. Uh, so talk a little bit about the idea to do this record and, and the concept of it and how you chose the songs. I think the, uh, the first idea was... Um, recording a live record, a live album, you know. Mm -hmm. But you remember the last one or two years, you know, we, we, we couldn't find a proper show for recording sure. stuff, you know. Uh, the second idea was making uh, like a sample like the 10 Black Years. We did it in uh, 94, 95, 94, something like this. Putting existing material together, doing a remaster, that is nothing special, you know. Mm -hmm. Because if you're solemn fans, you have already... You know, and then I, I came up with the idea recording one song from each album. Right. But that was hard to decide, you know, and we don't want to do the hit singles on every album, you know. We mm -hmm. were looking for songs who are maybe underrated, songs we never played live, songs we never played in a rehearsal, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And we spent a lot of time with the band listening to all the albums, you know. Okay. <laughs> and then we came... Okay, when we came to Obsessed by Cruelty, for example, you know, we recorded the song Equinox. Oh, that is right. a good song. That is a, but we want, we want to do it more accurate, you know, because a couple of the older material is out of um, tuning, out of timing sometimes. The witch hunter drumming, my vocals, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, that was really chaotic in these times, you know. But we decided to make, play it more accurate, but in the witch hunter style, the drums, for example, you know. Um, but it was also important to don't change anything, you know. We we want to keep the arrangement, we want to keep the lyrics, you know, and we we keep we want to keep the magic of the original songs, you know. Sure. Which which in my opinion it's impossible, you know. I know fans that they they told me when I want to listen to Solom, I want to I like to listen to the original ones, you know, which I really understand, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was really hard because there were so many songs on these albums, you know. Sure. Who, um, who are really good, who never played live, you know. And um, when we came to Masquerade in Blood, for example, you know, we listened to the album and then came the song Gathering of Minds, you know. And my drummer said, oh, yeah, that is, that's a good song, you know. It's not the fastest song, but it's so brutal, you know. Mm -hmm. Or we, we did Java the Hut from Get What You Deserve, you know. Um, yeah, well, that was really hard to decide because there are so many uh, songs on, the, on these albums, you know. Right. And um, then we keep the tuning, you know, um, the original tuning and, and uh, the original arrangement, you know. Right. But we had a lot of fun, you know. We drink a couple of beers and listening to all the albums, you know. <laughs> it needs time, you know. We also recorded stuff from uh, the first and the second demo tape, you know. Right. That was really interesting, you know. Yes, I know, um, but... Um, it was really easy to do, you know, and we started mm -hmm. doing a jam session. Okay, we, we took um, the song After the Deluge from the Obsessed by Cruelty album because this guitarist died a couple of weeks ago, you know. Right. And we want to give him tribute, so we decided for this song, you know. Mm -hmm. and, we, and then we started a jam session and start recording, you know, very... 
but it needs time, you know, all, listen to all the albums, decide it, and uh, we spend a lot of time in the rehearsal room recording the stuff, you know. Sure. Were there songs that you that you chose that you had to learn again because you haven't thought about them even for, you know, 30 years or 20 years or whatever? Every song we never played in the live set, you know. I have to relearn, yeah. <laughs> right. And it was, you know, because you, if you're never going to play live, you know, you forget mm -hmm. it, you know. <laughs> right. But that, that was, yeah, I sit at home, take my bass guitar, I get the lyrics from the internet, you know. <laughs> and... Um, Yes, yeah, well, but it was really funny to do. It was for me. It's like was it like traveling in a time machine, you know? Mm -hmm. And what also important is, and and this this session helps us to to um, to do the next set list, you know, because we want to play a couple of songs from this um, uh, sample also in the next upcoming set list, you know? Okay, Excellent. that is very important to me because. Um, when we're doing a headlining show, we have a two hours running time, you know. We are able to change the set list, you know. I know bands are going to play the same set list over years, you know, mm -hmm. which is boring in my opinion, you know. And we want to change the set list. I'm always in contact with the fans, you know, and they're going to tell me, oh, well, you never played this song, why you don't play this song, you know. Now we are able to do, you know, right? because we relearned the songs, you know. Sure. And um, okay, when we're gonna when you're gonna play festival with 45 minutes, we couldn't, you know. That's um, mm -hmm. we have we have to do the classics, and and uh, we also want to promote the new songs and new albums, you know. Right. It's always hard to decide, you know. But when we have a headlining show with two hours, we're gonna bring it to the set list, you know. Very cool, man. Well, well, Tom, the other really cool thing about this this release is the box set and specifically in the box set the hardcover book that is just a cool idea the way that you chose to do that there it is so tell everybody about the hardcover book itself and and how you came up with the concept of of the the individual pages within the book yes I, you know i don't want to write a my own biography in this book you know there was a right. small statement in the beginning you know some couple of life pictures and what was very interesting that we put this original artworks in it, you know. Right. Because, because sometimes um, the original artwork looks different to later when it's pressed on, on, a, on a vinyl cover, you know. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of pictures never seen. But the most important thing is that we get some fan statements, you know. I want right. to know what the fans think about 40 years Sodom. Are there any experience, any adventures or any remembrance of, about the band, you know? And I want to give the fans a platform, you know? Be, yeah. But we get, you know, and then we, hear, we, we get the statements um, on Facebook, you know? We, we get hundreds of them, you know? Right. But we couldn't, we couldn't put it all in the book, you know, because we are, the pages are limited, you know? Sure. And uh, I want to... I want to put all the statements later to my homepage or to Instagram, Facebook, and all this stuff. You know, that was really very interesting. You know, to give the fans a platform. You know, there was some really emotional um, letters I get. You know, some guy um, told me that um, when Agent Orange came out, he met his first girlfriend, okay. and all the time when he listened to Agent Orange, you know, all the remembrance coming back. You know, sure. from the good old, from the good old times, very emotional stories behind. You know. That is the most important part in the whole box set, you know. Excellent, man. Opinion. Very good, man. Well, dude, obviously, man, you're okay. going to put... Oh, go ahead. We also, we also have a tape, you know. Okay, cool. Yeah, isn't it funny that it's the tapes back, are yeah. coming back? Isn't that yeah. weird? You know? It's crazy enough. 
And there is also a bonus track on it, you know. And my guitarist, um, he's a metal collector. He collected also tapes, you know. He said, okay. you, you have to ask the record company. They're going to put this on a, on a tape in a box set, you know. It's very sure. important for the collector scene, you know. And also this album coming out in different colors, you know. Right. Sure. That's that's not my business, you know. That's not, <laughs> you know. But I know that a lot of gonna buy every different colors, you know. Right. That's a business, you know. Um, sure. But the box set with the book and, and the CD in it, the poster and all the stuff, it's it's a good package. You know? Very cool, man. Well, well, Tom, what is next for you guys, man? I mean, you know, obviously the pandemic is lifting a little bit. I'd say I don't want to say it's over, but it's it's no, it's coming back. In my opinion, no. Is it? Uh, I, mean, I, I don't want it. You know, that's you know we 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 had, we had so many problems during these times. So you know, sure. And uh, now now the politics are talking what's coming back. A different virus is coming back or right. whatever. You know, um, I don't know. We, we want to we want to make a small tour in Germany in the end of December. You know. Okay. But if they are talking about wearing masks and all this stuff in a in metal concert, you know, it makes no sense. You know right. what I mean? You know, I hope it's gone, you know, that nobody's talking about, you know, but it's coming back, in my opinion. You know. Sure. So we, we're going to plan a lot of festivals around next year. We talk about a new album, maybe next year. Okay. We also written a couple of songs. And, um, yeah, we try to come back to U.S. America, you know. That sure. is what we got to do now because... We, you know, when we played a Mexico metal fest, there were so many people come from US America just to see Sodom, you know. And I talked to mm -hmm. them, you know, and they asked me why, why you never come to US America? Do you hate US America? What, what is, <laughs> what happened? You know, we, you know, I can tell you, you know, my bags are packed, you know, and uh, we want to go. When sure. we find a serious promoter who's gonna help us over, you need the papers. Uh, what well, it's got the working license working and visas and stuff, right? Yes, you need the stuff. You know, if you don't have this in your hand, you can't go. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, well, know, I'll, I'll tell you this, Tom. You can certainly come over here and not worry about COVID. There ain't nobody worrying about COVID over here. <laughs> it's it's just yeah, on. But, German, <laughs> but but the new German government is a little bit different, you know. Sure. Uh, um, but you know. I don't, I don't know what, what to do, you know, it's when it's coming back, you know, but they cannot do a lockdown or whatever, you know, they cannot right. close all the clubs, you know, or concerts are forbidden, you know, and, um, right. oh, and um, I got a lot of offers doing a live stream show, you know, in the internet without audience, you know, right. And it's not my job, you know, that's yeah. not what I want to do, you know, it's mm -hmm. sort of so, uh, it's nothing without the fans, without the audience, you know, right. No, you're so, absolutely right. I hope it's gone, you know. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, one thing that is not gone, one thing that is here right now is this new box set, 40 Years at War, The Greatest Hell of Sodom. It is Sodom. And, uh, Tom, where should we tell people to go to buy the um, box set and to, uh, you know, keep up with the band? Oh, yes, please buy. You know, I think the box set there is really something special. I don't know what a surprise in America or in Europe is going but but I think it's it's worth every dollar you're gonna spend for it. You okay. Know, because of the book, the poster in it, there is a single with a completely new song and some right. re-recordings on it. You know, um, you know I'm not a promoter of a band. You know, I'm sure. just a musician. You know, no. but um, you know, but I think this is gonna be really successful. You know, and we when when this is gonna be successful, we get an option for the next album. That is a business. You know. Sure. And. Um, 
Yes, I think it's worth every every money you you can spend for it, you know. Sure. Where can people buy it at? Like what website or Amazon? You know, Amazon. Okay. I don't know that. I don't know. That's not my business. You know? <laughs> right. I saw that. I saw that um, Amazon. I get the links all uh, every day, and sure. it's number number one. It's fresh. You know. Sure. Excellent. It's it's well, uh, it's, it's best better selling than. Um, what is I'm not uh, Celtic Frost box set is coming out at the same okay. time, you know. Excellent. I never mind, and that's not my business. Sure, no, your business is making killer metal. You've been doing it for forty years. One more time, forty years at war, the greatest hell of Sodom. And Tom, thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Aiken presents. Yes, I thank you. Hope to see you in the back in the U.S. America soon. <laughs>